0: you love to see it instant impact can he really go instant impact how nice is he? Is he going back what is he gonna do on the next level instant impact is he gonna be a boomer bust instant impact is he gonna make a break
1: instant impact
0: it's going down <laughs> yeah baby it's instant impact. Coach Keith, lot on the docket today. I cannot wait to get this thing started from the NCAA down to a, a perfectly rated quarterback that 24-7 has in the 2022 class. Can't wait to talk about him. But before we get to any of that, bring in my boy, B.A. from the G.A. Brooks-Austin SI zone, recruiting analyst.
1: And he's going to be nationwide before you know it. B.A., what's good, baby? Hey, man, we, we got a bomb dropped on us just about 10, 15 minutes before we got on here. And in classic NCAA fashion, they just take a complicated issue and a complicated situation and just make it 10 times worse. Just, just take all the questions in the world and amplify them by a hundred, uh, just to get the easy way out for their current players. I just, man, I know we're going to get into it, but I, it's it, at this point, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be shocked because it's just the way they ran. Um, it's, it's, it's always been a lack of leadership. It's always been you know, just kicking the can down the road and taking the easy way easy way out every single opportunity they can. And I think they did exactly that today.
0: So, uh, listen, you've already touched on it, so let's jump right into a new legislation coming down from the NCA Council. B.A., why don't you inform our listeners on what we're talking about here?
1: All right. So, according to Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports, he's the first one to report this today, it says the NCAA Division One Council decided today that fall sports student-athletes can compete in any amount of competitions this year, and it will not count as a season of eligibility. This still needs to be approved by NCAA Board of Governors on Friday, but all indications are that this is going to be passed. And, and what it means is if you play any games this fall, it's free. They've free games, baby. If you are a red shirt senior and you want to come back for that red shirt, red shirt senior year next year, you can do exactly that. And, and Keith, I don't think there's a more fitting show for us to be talking about this, considering this is instant impact. We talk about 2021 and 2022 commits that just announced their commitments to their new school where they're going to be going and playing. So, look, here's the deal. We're going to be talking about Quinn Ewers here in a second. Sam Ellinger, say what you want about his NFL draft prospect or his NFL draft status nobody knows if that guy's going to be a lock for a first round pick. I haven't seen him anywhere in the top five discussion when it comes to the quarterback position, he's going to be playing this fall. And he's probably, he could be very well back next fall at the university of Texas. And I know Quinn's a 2022 kid. So it's not really a a, a fitting discussion, Um, but man, this is, this has lasting lasting impacts for everybody. And, And when you think about kids that are pushing up their, their graduations, to get into college earlier because their high school seasons have already been delayed. You're talking about high school kids that are playing their senior seasons in the spring. Like we talked about with Brock Bowers, man, th- th- to me, this was the NCAA looking at a very difficult situation where they were going to have to make difficult decisions about whether or not guys were going to get additional years of eligibility and saying, hmm, you know what? Let's give it all. Just give give them all of the additional years of eligibility. Hey, but Hey, Hey, Mark, Mark Ember, wh- what about the rising seniors that might be in here next year? Uh, they're not my problem. That Those who, those aren't guys. They, they're not here yet. I don't care about them. Well, wh- what about the incoming freshmen that just enrolled? Don't care. Not my problem. They haven't stepped foot. They haven't made money for us yet. They haven't rolled in any money for us yet. Man, I this ticks me off. I mean, it, re- it really does. You're going to get two different discussions from kids because I've already had three phone calls with three different prospects. I got one of them that said, well, I'm, I'm a competition guy anyways. I don't care which I I love to hear that. Don't get me wrong. But fact of the matter is he's now got to jump over and leapfrog guys that are going to get additional years of eligibility. You get one guy that says, well, I I chose my school because they got seniors on their roster in my position. I, I chose to go to this school because their depth chart was going to get lightened at the end of the year. And now I've got to sit back and reconvene all of these things. And then you get the kid that's kind of indifferent on the whole situation entirely. I, man this this is tough for me it's, it's really hard because i if you're going to do this do it for the red shirt senior that doesn't get that that wants to stay in college if you're going to do this do it for the senior that needs an additional year of eligibility was depending upon it to get a chance at the nfl don't just say oh don't take the easy way out and say oh well everybody gets it let's just give everybody a ghost year it doesn't count the whole season, y'all going to play 10 games. There's going to be a national championship. The college football playoffs still set to take place, and it doesn't count. It's all its all for – you're basically saying it's all for TV ratings and all for money because it, it doesn't count for eligibility, and I'll tell you who is counting it, the NFL. If you're a uh, Rakeem boy up there at Arkansas, and you're going to get 95 to 100 carries this year at Arkansas, and that year doesn't count, and you're going to take that additional year, guess who's counting those carries? The NFL. Guess who's going to hold those 90 to 100 carries against you because they're going to say, well, now you came into my league a little banged up. Those guys. So I I just don't see how this is a win for anybody but the redshirt senior that absolutely 1,000% needed this. And you could have given that to him anyways.
0: Instant impact taking on a whole new meaning today. Mm -hmm. I think this is an instant impact on the recruits who have committed to schools across the country. Like you said, they were looking at depth charts, who were looking at openings and, and getting a chance to compete for playing time. At that point, you make your commitment. You feel good about your opportunity. You feel good about your chances. Now, with redshirt seniors returning, guys returning maybe for their sixth year, maybe even a seventh year guy coming back, your prospects don't look as favorable or don't even look as as opportunistic as you once thought. Now you're looking at a whole instant impact in recruiting. In addition to that, how are you going to fit 85
1: scholarship players on this team with uh, a ghost year? How does that, yeah, work? I would, I would, I would assume they're going to boost scholarship numbers that again, that's the whole thing. They don't have answers. They are, excuse me. They have answers. They don't have solutions. They're just tossing out the easy answer, which is yeah, just give everybody the additional year of eligibility. Well, if 85 guys file for an additional year of eligibility, what are we looking at? And, and it's not just going to impact your, your 2021 cycle and your numbers. No, you're no. going to have more than 85 then. No, then you're going to turn around and have more than 85 in your 2022 cycle all the way up until the freshman that just enrolled that took this gap year anyways instead of taking a red shirt year because you gave him the red shirt year for free. It's yeah. going to affect all of those classes where you're flooded with over 85 scholarships all the way throughout. I The, the person and the player that it, it impacts the most to me is that 2021 class because not only did majority of them in this country not get to play their senior year or have they're having their senior year completely altered now you're telling them that they got to go into college basically as a senior in high school because everybody else is an additional year of growth and size put on them and they get to hold on to it they get to play for free they get to hold on to that additional year and you're going in to compete with all those guys that there were some of them you thought were gonna going to be gone all right I mean so So let's say Richard LeCount, I mean, Richard LeCount could get hurt. He could take the medical anyways, but he could be back. He could be back at Georgia. He could play this whole entire year for free and and, and only improve on his draft stock, man. I just, I don't see how this is any answer. Listen, At the
0: same same time, you're adding in maybe two possible seasons within one calendar year, which is a whole different discussion and argument. It's another set of problems. Here's a, here's a solution. Those incoming freshmen, Make everybody red shirt. Make everybody red shirt in that incoming class. That way you're not overloaded with players on the roster. You're not overloaded with uh, um, scholarship issues, whatever the case may be. You can kind of get things funneled back into their normal course. That's just a solution for me. But whatever the case may be, the NCAA, doing NCAA things, I totally yeah. believe that they are run not by Mark in the in the NCAA council, but a bunch of Russian oligarchs. That is my, <laughs> that's my call. That's my hot take for the day. I think the NCAA is run by a bunch of Russian oligarchs and a bunch of bizarre cats who normally do not know what they're doing. And this again is kicking the can down the road. There's no question about it, but let's, let's move along. We yeah, can't let's do get it in some actual
1: commits, man. We can't, yeah. I mean, we can't, we cannot do anything about this other than bicker and moan, but I'll tell you what I'm going to bicker and moan about it. I, I do not like it. And I don't, I don't think there's anybody other than current players that do Uh, But let's move on. Monkel Goodwill or Goodwine, a great football player. Let's start it off, Keith. Go ahead.
0: No doubt. Six foot four, 265 pounds. He's a 2022 kid committed to the University of Alabama. Um, You know, quintessential five technique at the University of Alabama, right? This is an impressive athlete, though. I mean, this kid can really run to the football sideline to sideline. He's got terrific closing speed. I love his size, I love his length. Um, he, he needs to be developed as a passer. He's only, again, a, a rising junior, so 2022 kid, but he is an impressive, impressive jumbo athlete at 6'4", 265. You can see this kid being 285, 295 pounds by the time he gets to Alabama. Quintessential, 4 eye, 5-technique, who's going to stack and shed, rush the passer in the sub package and third along, Great pickup for Alabama. He's going to fit right in with that top-notch defensive line that they always crank out in the SEC.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're an even-front football team, so I think his, his future is at the three-technique position there at Alabama, and he's going to absolutely athletically overwhelm any offensive guard he ever plays against because, like you said, he's 6'4", 265 pounds. I think the you said the perfect uh, description of him. He is a jumbo athlete. He is a big boy with tremendous body pattern, body pattern and movement skills. I mean, he moves so efficiently and so fluidly. Um, I, I, you don't see guys this big move like this very often. Um, here's the deal. Ideally, if if I'm on Kale and I know it's still really early and I know he's committed to Alabama, this is Marlon Davidson to me. And he would have fit perfectly in that Auburn scheme let this dude play the five. Let this dude play an inside four-eye technique and set the edge because he does it really, really well. He's incredible. Like we said, we were pounding on it. The, the thing we, we both love about him, he's a great athlete. I I, We can get that out of him at the three-technique position, but he's going to catch a ton of double teams, all right? He's going to get double team almost every single snap at Alabama because he's that good. If he would have gone to a system that would have utilized him in his natural position that he's in in high school right now, which is a true head-up five or slightly cocked four-eye, I think you could have seen a lot more one-on-one. You're going to get a lot more statistical production from him. But the great thing about this kid is, he's going to rush the passer in college at the guard spot or at the three-technique spot. I know you're talking about I don't see a a fully developed pass rush skill set just yet. We shouldn't. But Mm -hmm. here's the deal. He's big. He's long. He's athletic. And, again, he's going to get on top of guards so damn quickly uh, at the three-technique position that they're not going to know what to do. So when he gets up to 285 pounds, when he pushes 290 pounds, man, you're going to have your next – I mean, he's going to look like Quentin Williams – Uh, That's what it's going to look. That's what they're hoping that it's going to look like uh, there at the three technique position. I I can't say enough about this kid. I mean, 2022 and he looks like he could play right now uh, with about 20 pounds. I mean, he really does. There's no question about it. He's a big-time player. Let's move
0: along. A kid I'm interested to talk about, Quinn Ewers, Southlake Carroll, mm-hmm. all-world quarterback. Some people have him. No, let's, let's, talk, let's be more specific. Two four seven has him ranked as the number one player in the 2022 class, 6'3", 195. Again, Southlake Carroll, Dragons. There's a lot to talk about here. First off, I want to say the things I like about Quinn. And I like Quinn. He seems to be a very humble kid and a very nice person. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's a really good football player, great quarterback. The thing that stands out to me when I watch the tape and I got the chance to watch two tapes, I watched him against in the, in the uh, regular season versus Duncanville and then in the playoffs versus Duncanville poise, poise jumps out at me. This kid is a smooth operator in the pocket. He doesn't get rattled much. Even when they got blown out during the regular season, he wasn't, rattled mentally or psychologically. He was getting pounded and they were all after him, but he continued to stand in there and make throws. I love this poise and he's got a live arm. It said this kid throws the ball by 85 yards. He's got a real live arm. Okay. He can Rich. push it. To, yeah. He can push it anywhere on the field. Um Love his mobility outside the pocket. He's a good athlete. I got a comp for you. Jared golf, man. This kid reminds me so much. of get Jared golf with his athletic athletic ability, with his arm talent, the way he whips the ball. He's got a little bit of a long delivery, he holds the ball a little bit low. A lot of that reminds me of Jared Goff coming out of college and moving on to the NFL. Again, 247's number one rated player. And they got him rated perfectly. I don't know if they call that perfect or whatever. It's rated a thousand. They say he's the best recruit, quarterback recruit since whoever, Trevor Lawrence. I'm not buying that one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm selling that. I'm selling that for sure. Um, but I like Quinn Ewers. I like him a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I, I will get into it about the arm streak. I don't see – I don't know who's telling this legend of 85 yards in the air. I don't, that doesn't show up on tape. But the thing is, his tape's so far back. I mean, these stadiums in Texas are so big, and the tape's from the sky, basically. So maybe we're not – maybe I'm not really seeing that jump. So this, is, this is why – Quarterback tape tape lies a little bit every once in a while for quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, it's, yes. You on quarterbacks, the only position I believe in in the game of football that the tape lies. All right. Everybody else, I can watch you on tape and know exactly who you are. I don't need to see you in no camp. I don't need to see you do none of that stuff. I don't need to see you in shorts and a t-shirt. I need to see what it looks like on tape. Uh, but the quarterback position, I gotta see it come off your hands. So I'm gonna take away the arm, the arm talent talk. Um But we can see tight window throws. That's exactly what this dude does. That's what I love most about his tape. Most of these guys that we evaluate, you're watching wide receivers that got 5, 10 yards on, on DBs. That's not what you're seeing on Quinn's tape. He is fitting balls into extremely tight windows. And so, yeah, maybe the arm strength does show up there. But I saw a guy that threw with great anticipation, threw into really tight windows, has command of the football. I mean, I, I may not have seen the 95-mile-an-hour cheese and the smoke off this arm, but I saw a dude that can control the flight of the football, and that's almost more important in the game of football nowadays. I don't see a tremendous athlete, but I see a guy that has enough athleticism to make plays in and out of the pocket, which is about really all you need. Nowadays, you can't be a statue, but you don't have to be Lamar Jackson. Um, right. I saw I saw a kid that can tear you up from inside the pocket, Um, you know, a rather limited athlete. I didn't see the best quarterback ever. That's that's for damn sure. Um, So I I honestly think if we're just looking at tape, I think Gunnar Stockton's tape looks just a little bit better in that 2022 class. I think Miles Morris is a much better athlete. And I know I'm a Georgia guy, so I got a little Georgia bias. Um, But there's still some things that he could improve on. But I'll also tell you this. If you go back and just look at pictures of Quinn a couple of years ago, This dude has gone through a massive growth spurt and maturation process over the last 18 months. So he's a completely different football player. I think that's why you saw him shoot up rankings so high as he did. Uh, But again, this ain't – go watch Trevor Lawrence's tape from high school. That dude was insane. Go watch Justin Fields' tape from high school. That dude was insane. I don't see that. I don't know what they're talking about there.
0: Yeah, I I don't see that either. Uh, Love Quinn. He's got a lot of really good ability. Here's where I think he needs to work. His his ball security outside the pocket is very suspect. He needs to work on that. He's running around with the ball in one hand. That's gonna be a strip sack at the next level. Secondly, he keeps that ball really low in the pocket, really low. And, and he's got a little bit of a wind up on his delivery. He's got to tighten that up a little bit, got to keep the ball high and tight and get that ball out on time. Listen, they got him rated as a thousand. And if you go back and I want you just to Google Bryce Young sophomore highlight tape. <laughs> it's an absolute freak show.
1: And it's and a laser if, show too.
0: If, if you if you compare the two tapes, it's like not even close, right? Now I know this is all about projection and blah blah blah. But I'm gonna tell you right now. Give me Bryce Young over Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Quinn. <clears throat> And I know I'm a Southern California guy, but go look at the tape. Yeah. Go look at the tape, and listen. Quinn's a good football player, but having rated that high so early, that that's a that's a I think that's a huge reach for them. And I think they're trying to do something that they're not good at, which is really trying to project a quarterback in tw- two years from when he's going to graduate. Because you know, two years ago, Bryce Young was outside the top 100 for 24/7. Let's be real, right? They were outside of the top 100. I called him the number one quarterback in the country two years ago. He ended up being the number one quarterback in the country, and, uh, you know, it was glad to see the 24-7 jumped on the same boat that I had already created. Without that, you know, let's, let's move along. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Malcolm Johnson, Jr., going to Auburn, 6'1", 190. It's a 10-3-8 guy, B.A., speed and space, man, catching and run all day. Uh, he's going to take the top off. I mean, Jay-Z and Beyonce, so, top off. And, and I like his ability as a special teams returner. Um, Gus Malzahn, always important for him to have pieces to the puzzle, right? To that offensive puzzle. Yeah. This guy's a piece. I like this kid, Malcolm Johnson Jr. What'd you see? Yeah,
1: I, I mean, you pretty much took it out of my mouth. But uh, this is a 6'2", meter guy. I mean, he is legitimately one of the fastest kids in high school football um, that there is. I mean, he's coming from Maryland, coming down to Auburn. I mean, it was down to... It, you named the SEC school. It was down to Alabama, LSU. Georgia loved him a lot. Georgia was selling him Deshaun Jackson. I don't exactly see that. Um, but Todd Munkin loves the history he had with Deshaun Jackson in Tampa Bay. So I can understand why he was smitten with an athlete like this. Um, you know, and he ends up committing to Auburn. I, I think you hit on it. Gus Malzahn, whether it's Anthony Schwartz or Ontario McCalum, if you guys remember him back at Georgia, or at Auburn. something about these track stars, he's got to have them on his roster. And the great thing is, I don't think Malcolm really has a, a, I don't think he's developed a full route tree yet. I don't, I don't know how long he's been playing wide receiver. I don't know his full background. I just know what I see on tape and I don't see a guy that's been asked to do everything in terms of running the routes. Um, But the great thing about going to Auburn, if you can run a drag route, you can get the football in that offense. I mean, there is no offense in the country Well, maybe Oklahoma. Oklahoma loves the drag route too. There is no offense in the country that gets speed demons the ball more efficiently than what Auburn does there with Gus Malzahn. Um, So I think it's a perfect fit for him, and I can guarantee you that's what they sold him. I guarantee you they brought him in or, well, they had him on Zoom. I guarantee they had him on Zoom sharing screens and showing exactly what they do with Anthony Schwartz, going all the way back to the Ontario McCaleb tape. I think that's that's who this kid reminds me of the most. I think Schwartz is a little more developed. Um, definitely physically. But McCaleb, if you remember, McCaleb didn't get into the NFL because he's 165 pounds. I mean, he was railed thin, but damn, he was fast. He was fast. And, the, and so, them. I mean, 4-3-4 four, four at the combine, I think that's what kind of speed we're talking about here with Malcolm Johnson Jr. I like the kid's tape a lot, um, and I'm with you. I, I think he's a, a day one special teams guy, and a day, a, a day two, three, four, see what you can do on those intermediate routes and, and let him go deep from the slot. Yep, no
0: doubt about it. Let's move along. Javon Bullard commits to your <coughs> home state, Georgia Dogs. I'm sure you probably know a lot about this kid, but let me share one thing that I loved about him. And, and a lot of evaluators, and I'm just going to keep it real, they cannot pick this up by watching the tape, but I'm going to share it with our audience. This is a high-character kid. This kid's got Stanford, a lot of character. Marty. What I see on tape is a guy directing traffic on the back end, all right? I see a guy trying to play the game the right way, trying to play the game right in terms of his technique, in terms of his tackling, in terms of his communication skills, his leadership. I see a high-character football player. And normally when you have a high character, you got a high IQ. Okay, So that's first and foremost for me. He's a high-character, high-IQ guy, um, and I love his reaction time. This Mm -hmm. kid is – listen, this kid is instant we on instant impact. This kid, is when he sticks his foot in the ground, he's gone right now. The one thing I love about him, um, they got him They got him listed six feet, 185. I don't know how accurate that is. Brooks, can you give me some more insight?
1: Uh, I haven't seen him up close and personal. Um, yeah. He lives over there on that northeast side of Atlanta. I mean, far up northeast side. It's Baldwin, Georgia. Uh, so he don't really make it down in the Atlanta area very much to train with ma- most of these guys. Look, if you don't know by now, there's about three or four trainers in the Atlanta area. That if you're a five-star DB, typically you train with one of those guys. I'm there constantly. Um, this isn't one of those kids that's come down here. This is a hard-nosed football player that kind of stays in his area, plays football, does all that great stuff. I talked to one SEC staff member that said this about him, Keith. He is first team tape all American, which means he is an instant impact superstar. We yeah. this is the kind of kid we love, the kind of kid <laughs> that didn't think didn't go to camps, didn't didn't care to do it doesn't care to to go run 40s and show people how fast he is, just puts the damn stuff on tape. If you put this kid's tape on, you see elite top-end speed. You yep. see effort. I, the, the the effort on this kid, man, plays both ways over there at Baldwin. Um, and I'm a big fan of defensive backs that play wide receiver as well because you know what it shows me? They can track the football and they can catch the football. Yes, the, that Those two things have become invaluable at the cornerback position. Um, to me, man – This kid reminds me of another George kid that got completely overlooked by every recruiting service in the world. And now he's got a shot to be, you know, a top 60 pick in the NFL draft this coming up year. Um, And it's Eric Stokes Jr. This this is who it looks like to me, A, a, a hard nosed football player that's got top end speed. Now, he doesn't have world class speed like Eric Stokes has. Eric Stokes was like a 10, 6 guy in the 100 in high school like a borderline state champion i think he might have won a state championship in the in the 100 in high school um but what eric stokes lacks in ball skills this kid has in spades so i think yeah. you trade a little bit of that elite top end speed for those ball skills and you've got a bona fide going to be good football player he's gonna have to put some weight on but all of the most of these kids gotta have to put, gonna have to put weight on especially the defensive backs group i haven't seen a kid in this 2021 class that we've evaluated here on Instant impact that we haven't said that about Right. I mean, uh, other than maybe Malcolm Mitchell, I think Malcolm Mitchell or Dakota Mitchell is the only one we've looked at and said, yeah, maybe we don't even know whether he's going to play corner or safety or maybe in the slot. So uh, I, I like Javon a lot. I think what is most important is when I hear an SEC staffer tell me that he's a tape guy and it agrees with what I see on tape, then that's why he's going to Georgia. If you got a question of why this kid ended up in an SEC program, that right there, go flip on the tape and find it out.
0: I mean, listen. I like to tell guys, or I like at least like to give the type of advice or suggestions. And I let them know. know, Listen, camps are great, but you have exposure time. Coach, where can I get exposure? Where can I go to get exposure? Games one through ten are your best exposure opportunities and most important exposure opportunities. Now, running around in t-shirt and shorts, listen, that doesn't get you paid. It just does not get you paid. It will get you noticed. It will not get you paid. Just go ask a bunch of NFL guys. They just got to finish yeah. running around T-shirts and shorts last week. Guys going to get cut. You know why? Because when you strap on them pads, it's a whole totally different, different ball game for a lot of people. Okay, I like this kid. Listen, there's nothing he can't do or be coached to do as a cornerback at the next level. Mm-hmm. Can he break on routes? He's extremely quick. Does he have top-end speed to stay vertical and flip his hips? Absolutely. Does he have good ball skills? Yes. Will he come up and tackle? Absolutely. It's on the tape. Proven. Mark it down. Check the box. Javon Buller, man. University of Georgia commit. Let's move along. Cam Brady, big time wide receiver. <coughs> the old miss. How about old Lane Kiffin? Got him a six foot 3 two 20-pound, long strider, 50-50 guy. I like his body control. He's a small forward on the outside. He's got the potential and shows flashes. I mean, an extremely physical blocker on the perimeter. It's one thing I love about receivers: eight-yard gains turn to eighty-yard gains when you put that defensive back on his back. Um, this big boy can run, though. I, I think he got he got a little bit of a bad rap. I read some some articles on him, <clears throat> some evaluations, that said his speed is questionable. I don't see that on tape. I see a big bo- I see a big guy with a big body getting out of his stance, getting up the field. I see him running away from people on kickoff returns. The big boy can run at 6'3", 200, and um, listen, D.K. Metcalf, meet
1: Cam Brady. No. A,
0: lot of, a lot of similar stuff there. B.A.? I,
1: I don't see four three four 4", like we no. saw out of D.K. Metcalf. No. Um, I, I agree with you that he's got top-end, straight-line speed. The questions mm-hmm. I have, and I think what some of those other articles you're reading, I think some of the questions they have is the in and out of the breaks as a wide receiver but it's really, really hard to do that at 6'3", 200 pounds as a junior in high school. Okay, I understand that. It's going to be really, really tough, but he is massive. I mean, you say it all the time on here. This is a this is a power forward playing football at the wide receiver position, yes, and he plays, he plays with tremendous body positioning, always keeps his body in between the ball and the defensive back. I think that's invaluable for a guy that can't – I'm not going to say he can't separate, but he didn't separate a ton in high school. That's the only question I have. And, look, th- it's it's great that he's 6'3 and got extremely long arms that can high point the football because he's going to need to in it college, is. I think. He's absolutely going to need to. If we're not talking about – look, he'll be able to run away from you on a go route. He'll be able to hit the backside deep post. I, I absolutely believe that. He'll create separation there. But if you're asking this kid to run digs, comebacks, hitches, uh, even slants – well, slants he can still use his body. But if you're using any of those uh, routes, any part of the routes in the route, route tree – yeah. No, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need take the top off routes for this guy to remain on the outside um, and and run away from people and create separation. But that's okay. DK Metcalf was a rookie, you know, first team all rookie guy last year for Seattle, running three run routes. Around. No, yeah, he ran exactly. two, he ran two routes last exactly. year. He ran goes and point. posts. Yes, that's it. So. If you're as big and as physical as these two individuals are, mm-hmm. you're going to be okay as long as you can high point the football and track the football. And I think he does both of those really, really well. I, I'm with you, though. He's he's an incredibly smooth athlete, right? Yeah. Not, not a lot of strain in this guy's body. I mean, he looks like he is effortless on the football field, and that's really, really hard to do at his size. Look, Deion Colsey's a little bit taller than him, but I can't say the same thing about Deion Colsey. Deion Colsey is a better route runner because he's been trained up by one of the best here in Atlanta and Terrence Edwards. But there's a lot of there's a lot of up and down pace and go touch and go type of stuff when he's running in open field. I don't see that with Cam Brady. I see a guy that's got long, fluid, smooth strides. A guy I like watching run, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Just remember that name. He's going to be a sleeper in the SEC. Watch what I tell you. and listen. DK Metcalf could not run a route coming out of college. Out of he's, college,
1: forget high school camp. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. he still can't. Yeah, no, I don't look. And that's one of that's one of my biggest uh, people burning me on Twitter because uh, I, I said DK Metcalf was going to be a bust. Here's some. Here's some little – there's some nuance to it, though. I said that after he ran the 4-3-4, and the whole scouting world was like, oh, he's a top-five pick. If you took that guy to top-five pick, you were going to be disappointed. No one's calling a third-round pick a bust, but he's still a third-round pick because he can only run two routes. And he went to the very best offense in the NFL for that right there. And playing with Russell Wilson in that run-heavy, play-action type of offense is perfect for DK Metcalf. So he's going to live there for a while.
0: No doubt about it. Let's move along. Jalen Milrow. He decommits from Texas after previously talked about Quinn Ewers commits to Texas. Jalen decommits, commits to Alabama. Interesting. 6'1, 205. And uh he's out of Texas. I am tell you talk to me first, BA. I, like I am him. I am very in between on Milrow.
1: Give I, me what you got. I, I liked him a lot on tape. I think he's really, really well put together six foot two and and here's the deal I love his deep ball better than any part of his football game this dude throws a perfect deep ball in my opinion uh he's got the arm strength to drive the ball into tight windows as well which is highly coveted in college football nowadays um and I know that when the scouting world sees um let's call a spade a spade when a, when the scouting world sees a black young quarterback that runs a four six and makes a couple plays with his legs, they immediately say he's a dual threat quarterback and he's a runner. Right. This dude will absolutely tear you up from the, from the pocket. I mean, absolutely tear you up from the pocket from what I saw, and he enjoys being in the pocket. Now, he'll run when he has to, and he has the ability to do so, but he is running and he is evading the pocket with his eyes downfield. He is trying to take shots at all times. And to me, man, I watched him progress through his reads several times which is something you don't see from high school quarterbacks very often nowadays most of them are running rpo types of offenses they're running half field reads things like that this dude worked through one to four multiple times on his tape and i think that's great great stuff uh from a quarterback this young um to see that he's mentally that developed because even i didn't see a lot of that on quinn's tape i didn't see a lot of eye manipulation uh, from from the the nation's best, the best quarterback ever. I didn't see that from his tape either. Saw a lot better arm strength and arm talent, but I didn't see eye manipulation. I didn't see full field reads. I didn't see any of that stuff. To see this kid do all of those things uh, and an added value of the athleticism that he possesses, um, I like this kid's tape a lot, man. I like him a lot.
0: So I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> take the the opposite side. I, I didn't love his tape. Um, I liked it in certain areas. I just thought he was mechanical as a thrower. I thought he was stiff in the shoulders, mechanical as a thrower. And I think he needs a lot of development in that part of his game. He needs a lot of it. This is a kid who, <clears throat> who won't play for multiple years. Um, he needs some time to develop as a thrower, just as a quarterback in general. It's a little herky-jerky. It's a little out of control, run around in the pocket with one hand on the ball, Um, He needs to be coached. He needs to continue to be coached, continue to be developed. And I'm not saying you should be a ready-made product, because he shouldn't be. Um, But there's a lot of work that needs to go into developing him as a full quarterback. Now, um, is there an arm strength there? Yes, there's arm talent there. But I'm a little concerned. few of his deep balls, they die at the end. Guys have to wait on it and start backpedaling to catch the ball. That concerns me a little bit. So how is a strong arm? Yeah, but how strong is that arm? I have questions. Um, Really good athlete, you know, outside the pocket. He can really hurt you with his legs. There's no question about that. I don't think that needs any more uh, conversation. But just in terms of being a guy who would come in to make an instant impact, he's not that guy. First of all, you're going to sit behind Bryce Young for at least two years. That's the first thing. Okay. And then secondly, He needs to use his senior year and those two years to really hone in and develop his ability to throw the football accurately um, without that mechanical stroke. He's got to loosen up and get that mechanical stroke up off of him and be a little bit more fluid as a ball delivery, okay? Uh, In his ball delivery. So, anyway, let's move along. We got Lucas Taylor, just committed to LSU, 6'5, 310, 2022 kid. He's massive. BA, he's massive. Je- Lucas Taylor. Um
1: you want me to tear him up right quick?
0: I, 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 before you do that, I'ma say this. This is a projection prospect.
1: That's a way to that's a way to curtail it a little bit.
0: This is a projection. Hey, listen, he's massive. He's got some nasty to him, but this is a big upside, big projection type of recruit. He is not ready-made. He's not ready to go make an instant impact. He is a 2022 kid. He's a a junior right now, but there's a ton to work on. Listen, everything needs to be worked on. BM will let you get a little bit more specific. But he's big, he's got some nasty, and I think he's got some time to develop. Go ahead.
1: Look, here's the deal. Keith and I have been getting some slack from some of these guys that we've been talking about. Um, Know something. When we're talking about you here on this show, you ain't getting nothing but the truth. There ain't no sugarcoating here. Look, all you guys, every single one of uh, these guys we're talking about, y'all are going to powerhouse FBS programs, power five programs. Yeah. All right. And to even, we don't talk about everybody here. So to even, I'm not saying it's in honor, but to be on this selection, to be on this show, for us to be even talking about you, you are a great high school football player. But that don't mean I'm not going to dress you down if you got some stuff to clean up. And this kid's got a lot of stuff to clean up and I'm gonna go through it right now. You said it. I mean, we can talk about the frame all we want, but that's really all he's using and all he's playing with in high school. He's lead footed at the tackle position in high school, but that's okay. Cause he's going to be playing guard. He's got two seasons left to play tackle and he better enjoy it. Cause it's the last time he's ever going to be playing tackle. Um, that's it. cause he, he is, that's it. So you better have fun, have fun kick sliding out there cause you quick setting as soon as you get to college, they ain't going to let you do it. Um, I do see an extremely limited athlete at this point, and he's leaning on a lot of folks. And when I say he's leaning on a lot of folks, I see him catching, letting guys get into his chest, and he's so damn big, they just lean forward, and they, that's a cake. It's That's all it is. It's cake, though. It's, it's, it's baby cake soft. It ain't physicality cake, all right? This ain't a lot of hand shock. I, I didn't see one hand shock rep on the film, all Neither. right, where he took somebody's breath away with his hands, and you should be seeing that. From a guy that's gonna be transitioning in the guard, especially a guy that's gonna be going to play at LSU and be facing off against Alabama year in and year out. Those boys, you ain't gonna be able to lean up on them. Um, I, I I do think he's got really tight hips. You can see it in his stance. Okay, when I when I see you gotta get real wide and you, you got this bowed back and you, you, your knees are cockeyed to get your hands down your stance, you got tight hips, and you also got really tight ankles. I don't see tight, I don't see a lot of ankle dexterity here from Mr. Taylor. Um, and I do think there's some bad weight on this frame. So I just gave you three things right now that no coach needs to tell you what to do. You can clean all of those things up. If you, need to, if you need to work on your hips, come on. I got hip stretches for you. Get in my DMs. We'll fix that real quick. I'll fix that in a month and a half, no doubt. Give you daily stretches. Take 15 minutes. You'll have hurdler hips in a couple of months, okay? Not a ton of ankle dexterity. I got that one right off the rip. If you're not jumping, if you're just lifting in the weight room, Take your shoes off, okay? If you're squatting, squat barefoot, something I Christian Miller popped in earlier on the comment section. The 2022 defensive tackle from uh, Cedar Grove here in Atlanta, something I showed him. I guarantee you testimony from him will tell you that his ankles are much stronger and much looser at this point in his career than it was a month ago when I told him this stuff. If you're on flat surfaces and you're lifting weights, Do it without your shoes, big guys. It'll make those ankles stronger. It'll make them a lot more flexible. Um, And I think there's some bad weight on this frame. All those things he can take care of. He can lose some weight. He can tighten that stuff up. And he can get down to, look, you don't have to be 320 pounds if you're six foot five nowadays, guys. Let the college programs put the good weight on you. Don't just eat to be heavy. All right? Don't just, hey, everybody in in the SEC is 315 pounds at the guard position. That's fine. You'll be 315 pounds before you step onto the field. You don't have to be 315 pounds as a junior in high school, okay? Let the college programs put the weight on you. Um, I need to see more hips. I need to see more hands, and I've got to see better feet before this kid steps foot on the field in the SEC because he's going to get turn-styled and put on his back pretty daggum quick. But here's the deal. 6'5", 315 pounds. That's right. Six, five, 315 pounds. The God God gave you everything you need to be a Division One guard in the SEC. So the rest of the stuff is what's going to make you a starter and a player in the SEC. So if you get all that stuff done, you're 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 set, man. And look, again, I know that was really harsh. I know I came at his throat right there. And if he's listening, like some of these other guys that have been listening, you got quoted the other day, Keith. I mean, really? in quotes. I don't see the speed for an edge rush. Bop, 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 bop. They threw the quotes at you, all right? So it happens. Kids, listen to this. And what I want you to know is that when you listen to it, and we ain't hiding from you, Keith tags your butt in, in, the, in the post when he puts it out. We're not hiding from you. We're being 100% blatantly honest because odds are most people in your life haven't been doing it to you. They haven't been giving you the truth, and you need it if you're going to be great. So that's what it's going to take for Lucas Taylor to be great. Otherwise, he's just another guy.
0: Uh, listen, I can't say it any better than that. Um, get, listen, NFL evaluators, they're going to be honest and they're going to break you down. And I'm just getting you started early with my boy BA from the GA. Let's move along. Deshaun McCullough, Ohio State commit out of 2022 class, positionless athlete BA, a at six foot four, 205. This kid is the reason the term quote unquote athlete exists. He really does not have a position. Is he a safety? Kind of, sort of, not really at the next level. Is he a linebacker? I don't know how many six-foot-four linebackers play inside. Is he a defensive end? Can he put on 50 pounds? Positionless athlete. But I got a great comp for you. Not only do I have a great comp for you, I think it speaks to I bet I got a better comp. I bet you you don't. I bet you you don't. Okay. Here's my comp. Isaiah Simmons, oh god, that's my comp. That's six such four, a That's a that's a comp six, out. No, six four two hundred five position list. Can I play a little safety? I can, but it's probably not my best spot. Can I play a little in? I can, but it's not my best spot. Will I be a linebacker in the pros if I get there? That's what you will be, Deshaun McCullough. Isaiah Simmons. It's a nice comp right there. That now Isaiah it's Simmons is four 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 flat. Deshaun McCullough is 4-7. Okay. Deshaun McCullough. Get yourself, and he's a 2022 kid, get yourself to 4-5, which is totally doable. I, Isaiah Simmons, man. I like it. I like it, baby.
1: <laughs> Listen, man. I like it. What you got for me? Come on, BA. I'm, look, I'm, I'm out on the everybody gets compared to Isaiah Simmons stuff. I, I know I've done it myself. It's just too easy nowadays. You see a tall, lanky, positionless player, you don't know where to play him. Well, he must be Isaiah Simmons. Well, Isaiah Simmons is a freak of nature. I think that there's been one Isaiah Simmons in the history of college football, and I don't know how many more are coming. And I know they're, I know they're on their way. People try to tell me James Williams can play like Isaiah Simmons. He can't. All right. No, he is, the, he no. is a safety to me. And we're going to talk about him in a little bit here as well. Look, you hit on a six, five, 220. I don't know where the heck you play, him, but here's here's what I did. I went back and I looked at high school tape of one of my favorite linebacker prospects ever entering the NFL draft one of the first guys I covered, um, heading into the NFL as an actual person in the media and it's Tremaine Edmonds. That's my comparison. You talk about right. guys that are six foot five, not really having a pedigree of playing inside linebacker. Nobody had seen Tremaine Edmonds do it or before. Nobody had seen it done before Tremaine Edmonds came in and he's had a pretty good start to his career for the Buffalo bills. I think that's the comparison to me. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, I would say leave him at safety if I saw any ability on his tape to play center field. I don't see that. If you go watch his tape, it's nine minutes of him coming downhill. So if that's going to be the case, let's just let you play linebacker and you can stay coming downhill and we can let you make some plays occasionally in the passing game and some zone coverage schemes and stuff like that. He's going to have to put a little bit more weight on, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. Tremaine Edmonds is 6'5", 245, all right, And, and can run like a deer. So, if, if that's what the future looks like for Deshaun uh, McCullough, then I think that's the natural progression for him. I, I don't think he can play safety in the Big Ten, uh, especially not at Ohio State. Those dudes, man, they ask their safeties to do a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff, and cover a lot of ground because they're in man coverage at all times.
0: Hey, listen, here's the thing. I played linebacker. Deshaun McCullough, I'm going to need you to tighten up your chin strap Put a little bit more tape on your wrist. Tie up some shoes a little tighter. And when you come down here at 6'4", 205, 220, I'm going to need you to knock somebody's helmet off. And and that's just what it is. Right now, you should be physically dominant on contact, and you're not, consistently. I'm going to need that out of you. And I just spoke to him in my DMs. Okay. And this is not a slight at you. This is a challenge. I'm going to need you to be physically dominant because you're already imposing with your with your presence. But when you come down here, you need to lay some lumber. Yep. As an athlete, he's a plus athlete. He shows some ball skills, shows a little bit of coverage skills underneath, I'm not putting him at safety. I don't think he's an in.
1: For me, he's a linebacker, and that's what I go with. Yeah, I, I would too, and and, and maybe you know I, I know they run an even front two linebacker box uh, up there at Ohio State. I think he can play that. I really do because we're talking 20, 25 pounds. But the thing is, and and maybe I I don't know you you obviously have you've spoken to him. I know he's rocked up. I know he's got you know I've seen him in his in his flex show no photos and all that no stuff. I, here's the deal: if I was Deson, I would spend as much time as I can in that weight room putting on some really, really good weight, because here's one thing I I learned in my football days. I became a much more physical football player and physical office alignment when I knew that I was much stronger than the guy across me, not just a better athlete, not just uh, a more physically imposing type of athlete, because he is, like you said, he is a presence at all times. But there's something about throwing heavy weight around and getting that testosterone moving that just makes you a harder hitter and a more physical football player. I think if he dedicates time to that weight room, you're looking at the next Tremaine Edmonds. You're looking at the next type of guy that's this long and this tall and this fast that it can stick and ride at the linebacker position. But that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some development physically.
0: No question about it. Let's move along. Nigel Lee Kelly, a lot of 2022 kids on this show making commitments to Power 5, but he commits to FSU. And listen, this is your typical Florida defensive end. 6'4", really long, really good in pursuit. He's quick off the ball, but very raw. Very raw. Lots of potential, a lot of talent, extremely raw. He needs to be coached from the dirt. Okay. Nigel Lee Kelly commits to FSU 6'4". It says 235. I think I see that on tape. He's, yeah. he's really raw and definitely needs to get in the weight room. Um, this is going to be a 255, 265-pound defensive end once he steps foot on that FSU campus. And listen, you're talking about a place was the home of guys like Peter Boulware, yeah. right? Listen. FSU, being a defensive end at FSU, used to mean something, B.A. That, that you were the creme de la creme.
1: Top shelf, you know. I like oh. my feet. No, look.
0: Oh, no. uh, FSU Just, defensive look. end, they were the standard in college football. Were they not?
1: Yeah, they were.
0: That is where the elite players nationally at that position either A, wanted to go or B, signed to. Yeah, Najeele Kelly is a project at this point. Needs a lot of. He's very underdeveloped. He's got a lot of potential. Needs to be coached. Needs to be worked with. Needs to go to every camp and have a trainer and have a nutritionist and have somebody that rubs his belly at nighttime before he goes to sleep. Lee Kelly, lot of talent, kid. Got to put it all together, baby.
1: Be able to did see. you did you see a ton of burst? Not like, a ton. See, I, saw an I, I initial didn't see burst. a ton of explosiveness. I saw an I initial saw burst. Okay. I, I didn't see closing speed. I didn't see the ability to bend the edge. I didn't see stuff like that. But again, where you hit on it. A 2022 20, kid that's extremely raw, yeah. but he plays with good effort. I mean, he yeah. does. He plays with really good effort. And to me, that is the starting point for a guy that's this big and this talented and already committed to a Power Five school. Does he play with immense effort on the defensive line? You've got to have that It's a prerequisite, uh, in my opinion. Um, he's got good, pretty good play strength as well. What he, what he doesn't have in terms of burst or what I didn't see in terms of burst, he's got in terms of strength on the field and setting the edge to me, this fits the modern mold F, of FSU tight or defensive ends as of late. If you really go look at it, if you look at their roster, which I did before the show, there's not a lot of quick twitch defensive ends. It's a lot of six foot five, 250 pounds plus out there on the edge, 255 two sixty five types of guys that just stack and shed out there on the outside, outside, except for one guy. And that's Janarius Robinson. He's just a different cat. I mean, he's going to be a redshirt senior this year. He's got all the potential in the world frame and burst stuff. He just doesn't have all the production uh, at this point. Um, But the rest of them are just mountains. They are very, very big individuals that again, don't show a ton of burst. These aren't a lot of, not a lot of Khalil max, not a lot of miles Garrett's out there, um, you know, out there on the edge out there. So.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And, and, your boy, I know he's a redshirt senior. He'll have two years to get it done. It was a two years to get it done with the NCAA calling shots. Let's move along. Last guy here, Randy Masters. He's a wide receiver out of Texas. He commits to Baylor. It's a little, it's a little confusing to me, B.A., because either this guy didn't play his junior year or I couldn't find his junior tape. Oh. Because all I saw was some JV film, right? That's all I saw. Six one, one fifty five. 6'1", 155, all I saw was JV film. And that's the only thing I could find, listen, he looked like a pretty good athlete, catch the ball, can run a little bit, but this is a confusing
1: deal for me. Can you help clean it up? Or what type of clarification can you give me? I got nothing for you, bro. Absolutely (laughs) absolutely nothing for you. I see a real real thin prospect. I see a real thin prospect. And I see a guy that's obviously done some work on the seven-on-seven circuit. But that's about it. Um, Yeah. I don't know where the junior tape went either. Yeah. Um, the sophomore I mean, tape's all I can find. And I'm look, here, here's the deal. We're talking about a guy that's six months, could be eight months in, away from enrolling into college. I'm not about to sit here and give you hot takes on his sophomore tape because no. I don't know what he looks like nowadays. It's really, no. really hard for me to do that.
0: No, but he commits the banger. And yeah. if, if Dave Miranda took him, um, and, and I respect Dave Miranda a lot on the defensive side, and just as a coach in general, if Dave Miranda took him, then... Uh, he must be a pretty good football player. So uh, Randy Masters, shout out to you and your commitment. Shout out to all you players who committed. Shout out to your families. I know it's probably been a lifelong dream, and I know you probably worked really, really hard for that moment. You've made your commitment. Now keep your foot on the gas pedal so you can make an instant impact. We appreciate you guys for joining us here on the show. Check back with us next week. You know we're going to break them down from Coach Keith, B-A, G-A, to C-A. We out of here. It's an impact. See y'all. Time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, Thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. Free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry.